Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Millennial Property with John Pigeon here today. And I've got a special guest on who's talking about this massive problem we've got in our hands, and that's homelessness in Australia. In the last 12 months, it's been in the media quite a bit, and the affordability of housing and the rental affordability, whether we're buying or just trying to get a roof over our heads. But for someone like Deborah, this has been going on a long, long time ago. So she's going to explain what's going on in the world and um, thrash this out for us. Let's do it. Deborah Holmes, welcome. Good to be here. Thanks for agreeing to come on because um, we're pretty passionate about uh, understanding just what's happening out there. We're property investors generally. Uh, we get a lot of people that, are, that tune into our show to get some tips and tricks on on how to invest in residential property. Um, but we realise that there is a, a crisis on our hands. Um, so uh, you, you do some unbelievable work at the Avalon Centre. Tell us um, just how bad this situation is at the present. Well, it's, it is very, very bad indeed. It's um, At the moment, we've got over 120,000 people on, in Australia that are uh, homeless. And uh, in just in Victoria alone, we've got about 25,000. And that um, that's not just people sleeping rough. It's also sleeping uh, just on couches on and uh, couch surfing, so to speak, and uh, boarding houses and everything like that. And it's getting a lot worse because of the um, housing affordability. And, of course, rentals have gone right up with the, uh, the rates rising, uh, the increase in rates. And it's... It is really, really difficult. The cost of living, obviously, has gone up, and that's been putting more and more people on the streets. And people are just finding it almost impossible to get any form of accommodation. Yeah, it's definitely a sad state of affairs, and we'll, we'll talk about how we can rectify this or, or what you think should be should be done later in the show. But um, tell us, um, first of all, how you, you got involved with creating the Avalon Centre and, and what the Avalon Centre actually does. Well, we've been um, going now since 1987. That's when we first established. And uh, we started off uh, a different sort of centre, a centre more of a natural healing, uh, new age type of centre. And then we've moved into focusing more on people with disabilities, mental health and uh, the homeless. So we have a mission statement. It's a very simple mission statement. It's just to help where we can, when we can, and in whatever way we can. And we go out and give out, distribute clothing and bedding to the homeless, shoes, toiletries. We have a drop-in day where people can come and access uh, clothing and food if they want to get food parcels here. We um, we also have day trips for people with intellectual disabilities. And um, we try and provide as many people with as many things as we possibly can. But we have our own program, Avalon Homes for the Homeless. And this really came about because of we were going out, giving out all the clothing and the bedding. And, and it was an important service we were offering, but, you know, it, it, we became very aware that we we're only really just a bit of a Band-Aid treatment. Yeah. The, the 
real need was a roof over it. You know, because we'd say, would you like, you know, do you need a jumper? Do you need, yes, yes, I do, but I really need a roof. And that would be the, the most common thing we'd hear. I just want a roof over my head. I just want a place I can call home. So um, I did a bit of research and uh, I came across um, the only country that I could find anyway in the world that was where homelessness was on the decrease was Finland. So I thought I'll go over there, see what they're doing. So um, and see why what's happening over there to make it you know be on the decrease. So I went over and found that um, they had adopted this housing first model, which basically is providing the home first and then you provide all the supports. Whereas here we have to go, uh, people have to they have the supports and jump through a whole lot of hoops and then eventually they'll get their house at the end of it. But, I mean, how do they are supposed to get their lives together uh, when they haven't got a home and the stability and the security to be able to do that? So house first and then the support. Okay, and I love that philosophy and I'm, I'm interested to to find out just how we go about this. But when was it that you decided, yeah, Finland's the place to be, they're, they're doing it right. What, what year did you set off over there and, and then bring that back to Australia? That was uh, the beginning of 20, uh, 2018. Yes, so uh, I was in Finland and then came back and we bought our first house uh, at the end of 2018. So um, that's when Avalon Homes for the Homeless really kicked off. Okay, so prior to 2018, uh, I'm, I'm definitely not calling it a token service or a Band-Aid, as you, as you no, said, but no. it's basically a case where you go out and you and you provide some blankets and clothing and, and uh, you, you're doing your best out there prior to 2018, but you're just feeling as though you're not making a real impact to to these people and it's not solving the, the greater issue. How did you then leapfrog from that to actually having these homes available for people to, to now go and sleep in or live in? Well... Basically, when I saw the need was there, I thought we've just got to try and um, get some money together to buy the first house to get to Kickstarters, uh, which we managed to do. A bit of fundraising and a bit of uh, some couple of generous donors uh, who gave us the money, and we were um, we were off and running really because the government have spoken a lot about accommodation and what they're going to provide and they're going to provide so many hundreds of thousands well all this sort of thing uh but i i didn't really see anything happening i still saw the people on the streets i still saw people saying i've been on the list for 16 years 20 years i've been waiting and this has happened and that's happened and and uh, i thought well they're not going to do anything so we'll do it ourselves and that's what we uh, we did so we just went out and got the house and provided all the support to go with it that's amazing so Local fundraising or, or uh, some some philanthropists uh, got together and said, "Look, we've got enough money. We, we'd like to donate our funds to to you guys to be able to purchase a home." Um, so you almost came like a, a a joint venture. You were the you were the buyer's agent going and buying these properties with uh, with with other people's funds that allowed the homeless to come and live in these properties. Yes, there were some very generous people. That I think. They resonated with our vision. That was the thing. They they heard, you know, about, well, Finland and what I was looking at and how it worked over there and how it did have an impact and they wanted to jump on board and be part of it. And we've had other people since then. We've got nine properties now since that period, since, the, since our first property in uh, 2018. And um, uh, they're just 
flats. Most of them are flats, but, you know, they're providing homes, roofs over, over people's heads. It, it's really, really, really important. Love it. And where are these properties located, Deborah? Like, it, obviously, there's over 100,000 homeless, and that's just growing daily. Um, you're making a, a great impact at the moment. Where do you even decide to to buy these units for people to live in? Do you, do you look at where majority of the homeless are, are, are living or... or staying camping out well yes certainly well affordability too is is obviously important so we bought all most of our properties are in dandenong which is uh a, you know much uh the i mean accommodation there is is much cheaper than it would be around the area we live here uh if i bought a property here i could buy probably six for the price of one here so, yep. so um, just for just for reference, you're in your office is in Melbourne, in, East Melbourne, uh, in Melbourne. Yes, um, yep. So it's in a in a southeast, would you call it? Yes. Um, whereas yes. the Dandenongs in Melbourne, for everyone reference around Australia, Dandenongs 30, 40, 50 k's. Yes, it's it's out. not too far. Uh, I mean, it's about what would it be 30, 20 minutes, twenty five minutes from here, so straight onto the yep. onto the freeway, but. Um, it's it's a good area in that uh, not apart from just the affordability part side of things, uh, the infrastructure is great and there are a lot a lot of people there that are homeless. The need is very high there and also the, there's some marvelous services available. That you know for the drug and alcohol counselling, the um, domestic violence, all of this the, the, um, mental health support. So people can still the people who are on the streets that uh, get into our homes or, or domestic violence or whatever, um, they can still access all their services and uh, and be in an area they know. Transport's fantastic there. So so really, it's, um, you know, it's it, it's perfect place to be. And if you're able to disclose, what sort of funds is required to buy these types of units? Are we talking two, three hundred thousand? Is it a hundred thousand, five hundred thousand? Three, what, what? Uh, we're looking at around 250 to 350 for a, a one two bedroom flat um which but now what we've done we've had people that have just literally given us the money for a flat you know just donated um amazing donors that have said they wanted to remain anonymous one just just one person giving this money and Wow. It's, it's incredible, yeah. and um, but obviously not everybody's going to have access to two hundred thousand to give us or three hundred thousand. This, so what we've we've now managed to get um, a loan from the bank, and banks are very it's very difficult to get loans for charities. Yes, because banks are very reticent to to give any money to any charities. Uh, it just doesn't. It's not a good look if they have to foreclose on. No. Uh, so it's not good, and, um, and we can't guarantee an income, you know, and all yeah. this sort of thing. So, and obviously the amount of rent we pay, because we charge, we only charge twenty five percent of whatever the people earn. So sometimes it might only be sixty dollars a week. So after about two or three years, the the NAB bank has come on board, which is great. So uh, what we're offering now to people, which is, it's fantastic, is um, people can give us, say, 20000 a year, and that's servicing a loan um, for a house, uh, for a flat, I should say, and the and that 20000 I mean, it's not a lot of money if you divide it up, but you might have four people, you know, four friends or whatever, so you're only paying four, 5000 a year to put a roof over someone's head. I mean, it's it's amazing. 
you know, I'm just, you know, there's a few people that have jumped on board, but I'm surprised more people haven't because it's, yeah. you give money to charity and a lot of the charities uh, just, you know, absorb it in uh, admin fees and, and you know, wages. We don't get paid anything. We're all volunteers at Avalon. And um, so none of it gets absorbed in that. The money that you pay would be directly going towards, as I say, servicing the loan, which other work, you know, putting a roof over somebody's head, which is, I think it's a fantastic opportunity. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. And we'll talk about how people can get involved um, mm. later in the show. But how, how do you try and dissect people from the community and, and choose when you've, when you've got nine properties, uh, I guess people must be just literally knocking down the door to come mm. and live in one of these units that you're purchasing. How do you actually select and, and create a criteria that says, yeah, your, your turn's up, you're in, you've got yourself a house? Well, we've got, we, we've uh, fine-tuned this a lot. In the beginning, it was quite, you know, it was a bit all over the place because we'd never done it before. Mm. Now we've fine-tuned it a lot more. We've got a, quite a strict criteria uh, of the people that we want and um, I get in touch I've got in touch with all the uh, housing places um, places like launch housing which is one of the largest of course housing providers and um, AXCO which is deal helps people that have just come out of prison uh, ways which uh, they support people who uh, domestic violence and homelessness and uh, some other organizations as well that we're involved with Monash Health and uh, and we put forward okay we've got this flat that's available this is the criteria this is what we expect this is what you know and if they have any people that they think it's appropriate they send a referral and tell us everything about the person and then I share that with the board and we discuss it and and we come up with the one that we think is the one that is most in need because we really want to focus on um, there's a saying that um, worst is first and that's the ones we want the ones that are in the worst circumstances are going to be the ones that we want to accept into our our property and also the ones that have reached rock bottom they really have hit rock bottom and want to there's only you know two ways and it's either out or up and and they want I, I say to people we're not offering a you know a handout we're offering a hand up but the hand up's got to be uh ha taking the hand of an extended hand they've got to be ready and willing and wanting to change their life circumstances we don't want to have somebody that wants to jump on board because it's cheap rent and all oh, this is great and yes Unfortunately, we have had some of those people sure. that have pretended that they're going to change their lives, and then they once they get in, they we're just shoved aside, and and which is not what we want. We we engagement with them. We each house has a supporter, each home, um, an Avalon supporter who is there to be the link between Avalon and the house. Mm. Uh, we provide absolutely everything, and that means you know furniture, furnishing, um, crockery, cutlery linen, everything, just name it, food in the cupboard right. so they can literally walk in straight off the street and get into their home. Okay, that's fantastic. And and do you guys act as the property manager or do you get a local real estate agent who can manage that on your behalf? Uh, no, well, we try and do the property management. We have got a, a, a volunteer who does that. Uh, but we also have um, now we've got just recently a corporate partner, Longview Property Management, which is fantastic. We're yep. their charity partner. And this is all very new and very exciting from the end of last year. And they have been an incredible support. And they're also, as a resource, 
because we're flying blind a lot of the time. We, uh-huh. we, you know, they'll help us with any questions we have, how we cope with this or that or the other. They've got a huge. I mean, they manage over four thousand properties, so they're uh-huh. pretty big. Yeah, and okay. um, well, big to us. Mm. Um, and they've been a wonderful support. Really wonderful. So. so, Deborah, tell I may be wrong here, but I'm uh, I'm on a website called AustraliaReviews.com.au, and and it talks about homelessness stats in Australia. Um, and there's an article out uh, early, uh, early in February this year, and it talks about myth versus reality because I think there's a a common misconception out there as to what actually causes homelessness. Um, mm. And they're saying in reality, 54% of homelessness is caused by lack of affordable housing. Is that uh, something that you would uh, agree with? Yeah, definitely, definitely that, and domestic violence. That's another one that. Uh well, I suppose it's all linked, isn't it? I mean, you've got a domestic violence situation, and then you you can't get a home because one person has the home and the other person there's no afford you know yes affordability. Is yeah, good. so we've got lack of affordable housing at fifty four percent, family violence at thirty four percent, loss of job at fourteen, and then mental illness at thirteen percent. Mm-hmm. Whereas the myth is that it's all drug addiction and um, alcohol abuse and, and gambling and uh, all those sort of things. Yes. So, yeah, it's, it's really interesting if those stats are actually correct. Well, I think with the alcohol, I've often said to people, if I was on the streets, I think I'd turn to alcohol. <laughs> I think it might be a way of coping. It's mm. uh, I don't think there are a lot of people that have, alcohol has, turned, has put them on the streets. I think it's the other way around. It's, yeah. The streets have turned them into, you know, dependent on alcohol and drugs yes. just to survive, which is very, very sad indeed. But certainly, yeah, as I say, domestic violence is, is a very big one and, and, and housing affordability and rental affordability. Yep. I mean, people can't even afford to rent anymore. No, absolutely. We're going to take a break. And after the break, we're going to actually talk about this. How can the government fix this? Because you're doing an amazing job uh, making a difference out there, real difference, I think, uh, to homelessness in, in Australia. Uh, but the government are a much bigger beast and can fast track this a lot more than people think. We're going to talk about that. And we're also going to talk about how just the everyday person like myself can also help out. We'll be back in a sec. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. We also have a panel of trusted mortgage brokers we can connect you with to get you into your first home, an investment property purchase, or to review your current loan if you don't have a broker. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers, and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. 
That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Okay, so let's hit it in the eyes, Deborah. How can the government help with this uh, out-of-control crisis that we've got going on in Australia? Well, certainly the provision of more social housing is so... It's so limited. And they talk about all these um, properties they're going to build and what they're doing, And but I can't see it. I can't see what's happening. I can't see anything that's going on. And that's the focus has got to be on, on social housing because there are so many people that are desperate. And these are people with, you know, that are mid, mid-income sort of thing, mid to low income, you know, they're, they're, they're really suffering. They're going to lose their homes, you know. They're they may have their own home, but they're going to lose it because the rate rises are just, you know. I mean, they've gone up a thousand dollars a month. Their, their repayments, people have told me, and it's it, they're really getting incredibly worried. And as I say, yeah. the rental is is it's just as bad. So social housing is definite is a, is a must. So we're about ten thousand properties per year short um, from the latest census data that we're not building enough houses by. So 10,000 every year. So that's compiling to be 100,000 roughly over 10 years, right? Um, do we do we stop people moving into the country? Because international migration is a, is a massive um, contributor to that. Like, is that one way of uh, curbing this? The stopping moving them into the country? Well, or, it's a supply and just, demand thing, isn't it? Like, there's yes. more people living longer, less people are dying younger, and more people moving into the country than ever before because the country where they're living is not up to Australian standards per se. So, is that an option? Like, uh, the government absolutely need to build more houses, no doubt about that, yeah, and it absolutely. needs to be affordable. Uh, but we've got to fast-track this uh, this epidemic. Well, there's also a lot of empty housing around too. Uh-huh. This is uh, this is one that I can't understand. I mean, I'm sure everybody knows or has seen properties that are just lying empty. Mm. They might be large buildings. They might be just uh, even just your local home in the local suburbs yeah. that have, have just been empty for sometimes years. I mean, I, I just don't understand what's going on there. Why can't some of these properties be accessed in some way to be able to provide housing for people. It's uh, there's a lot of space around there, you know, a lot of empty spaces and offices in particular. I mean, a lot of people aren't using offices anymore. They're working from home, and the offices are empty. There's buildings, there's churches, there's a lot of very large areas that I think if the government could have a bit of a sniff around there and look around, they mm. could do a lot. They really could. Yeah, that, that's a good point. There's a lot of private investors that have, for, for tax benefits or whatever else, leave their properties vacant. There's mm. a lot of commercial investors yes. that, that do the same and a lot of government um, buildings that uh, that have properties that aren't being used for a, a good chunk of a 24-hour period, right? Mm, absolutely. It's mm. so frustrating when you see that and, you, and then you go and see people lying in the gutter and you think, oh, it's, it, it, it's just, you know, it's not rocket science, is it, really? Well, it shouldn't no. be, no. No, but they just don't seem to want to do anything about, you know, and spend a whole lot of money on things that, I mean, imagine the money that has been spent in, in the last, uh, with the two years when all of the people put in Melbourne, I'm talking about, um, into hotels. Yes. I mean, that must have been a huge amount of money was spent, you know. 
that could have built I don't know how many places. Yeah. So where to for the Avalon Centre, Deborah? Like you've you've got this thing off the ground. Uh, it's doing wonderfully well and making a difference. You've you've um, gone from from taking buses out to people and and providing them with with um, blankets and and clothing and all those sort of things. Now to actually buying houses for these people to to live in, which is outstanding. Where where for the next five to ten years for you guys? Like you're based in Melbourne, is it? You're taking it national. Like what's your what's your vision? Mm. Well, to end homelessness in Australia, <laughs> that's my vision. But mm. um, at the moment, it, there's enough to do. There's enough to do just in Melbourne alone. Uh, until I see those numbers go down, uh, I, I'm not moving anywhere else. You know, I don't. I think it's crazy. I mean, we're, if we start going out to other places yet, we've just got to get more people on board yeah. so we can get more houses and more support. And that's that's the part. I mean, it's um, it, it amazes me that more people haven't jumped on board because it's such a, a fantastic way to know that you're – I mean, what we do with people who are donors and everything like this, you know, we keep in touch with them and let them know exactly what – you know, who's in the fa- who's in the house and what the family's doing or – and, uh, you know, they really feel part of it. Mm. It's not a thing that, okay, give us your money and off you go sort of thing. It's yeah. – um, and, of course, tax deductible as well, the tax deductible donation yeah. because it concerns me at times – uh, people are saying they want to give a donation to, you know, they, to get a tax deduction. It's coming up to tax year and they think, oh, well, I'll give it to the Selvos. You know, yes. they think of the great big ones where, as I said, it's absorbed into the wages and everything. Why not give it to somebody, you know, a smaller organisation? I'm not just talking about Avalon, but um, mm. it's uh, there's a lot of really grassroots volunteer organisations run you know, hundred percent by volunteers, and that's, you know, it. You can really see you're making a difference, a really, you know, hands-on difference, which I think is, you know, people want to feel. They don't want to think their money's just being thrown away. And okay, I got my tax deduction, and that's it, sort of thing. Totally, yeah. Oh, to to see the the look on people's faces when they they get the keys to the unit that they've now got as a roof over their head must be just priceless, right? Oh yeah. It's it, yes, it's it's just incredible. It's um, you know that you can see that, that nobody's ever done this sort of thing for them. Yeah. And we provide, as I said, everything they come in, and there's flowers on the table, and it's uh, it really is. It's um, and then I make it very clear to them, you know, because they say, "Can we do this?" I say, "Well, it's up to you. It's your home. It's not ours. It's yeah. your home. Yeah. This is your home for as long as you want to have it as your home." Okay. So just on that, it might be getting into the sort of uh, weeds of it all, but but who actually owns the property? When you go to the, the land titles office, who is the owner of this property? The Avalon Centre. The yes. Avalon Centre owns it. The okay. Avalon Centre, yes. It's just the uh, the donors pay, they just service the loan. Sure. So they give a donation of, say, 20000 uh, Usually, I don't really know, we might have to revise those figures now. That they <laughs> <laughs> property prices have gone up. Yes, I've got to work on that one. I'm not quite sure. Work yeah. out the rates. But uh, we were looking at about 20000 because we were at one stage, 15000 was enough to buy a flat, 15000 um, a year. But uh, we obviously need... A commitment too. We don't want somebody just jumping on board for a year and then leaving. And otherwise, we're going to have about, you know, fifty mortgages on our hands. Yeah. And that would be, that be bad luck. But um, but as I said, a, a few. Of, that's only four of our properties. So the rest of them have been bought outright, which is great. Yeah, that's awesome. But so four uh, properties at the moment. Well, this has only just started in the last year, really. The um, this program with the. With the nab. Yeah, and it is great to see one of the big four come on board and, and support um, 
but because it, there's no real disadvantage to them coming on and it's an awesome look from their end to be able to help uh, people in need for sure, isn't it? Yes, yes, yes. Well, it'd be nice if they gave us a reduction in the... <laughs> In the rates, perhaps. Yeah, but, or, or carved anyway, out some of their profit a, to you, Deborah. <laughs> yes, it yeah. would be very nice, but uh, <laughs> but never mind. Perhaps further along the track, we absolutely. Might be able to... <laughs> yeah, well, look, you guys are doing such a wonderful job, and and for you to just go over to Finland and say, right, this is the cutting edge of homelessness in the world. They're making an impact, and and to take that and their concept and bring it back to Melbourne, and and hopefully what will be national. Like I can see this really growing legs if if uh, volunteers like yourself can can be represented in in all the major capital cities and the larger regionals to to combat this thing it's uh all it's a bit, it's a numbers game isn't it to be able to have enough momentum to, for to people like myself and everyone listening here today to have the awareness to say hang on this is making real change i'm i'm happy to to put my hand in the pocket to actually reach out and help these people who are for some way or reason less fortunate than than currently what we are Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so in finishing, um, any final words? Uh, and, and just while you're thinking about that, I believe there's three ways that people can help, uh, donate, sponsor or volunteer. Can you elaborate on that as well? Um, yes, well, the, the most important thing, of course, as I say, is the, the donations. That's really what we need, uh, whether it's supporting the house uh, a home for someone or just giving a one-off donation, which is great. Um, you can just get onto the website and have a look. Uh, volunteering, we always need volunteers, of course, too. I mean, that's the, the, the heart and soul of Avalon is the, the wonderful volunteers. And uh, and we have a huge amount of roles. It might be sorting clothes or it might be being a supporter at one of the, somebody in a home and everything in between. So uh, there's a range of different volunteer roles that can use the skills of people. And, and sponsorship, of course, as I say, sponsorship of the housing is very important. Yeah. But also donations for our other programmers too. I mean, we have our drop-in and we have our day with Avalon and these sort of things too. And, of course, our clothing distribution program will continue. We go out in our in our vans and in the nights and during the day and everything. So Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, so by way of sponsorship, you mean you can you can put up a large chunk of money to, to basically fund that one unit versus the donation might be just a one-off $50 or something like that to help yes, with the yes, overall Yes, absolutely, yes. Yes, it, it, it's, I mean, any amount of money is going to help. And the, the good thing is that if you give a dollar to Avalon, a dollar will be used to help to help people. We have very little overheads and no wages and, yes. Yeah, which is awesome. So uh, for those who want to check this out further, uh, avalonsenna.org.au, the, the website will be in the show notes amongst everything, everything else as well that Deborah's spoken about today. Um, but but the concept of, of four or five of us getting together and, and pulling our funds and saying, look, we're going to get ourselves a unit for someone to go and, and, and live in uh, is, is a really powerful thing. So many friends groups around the country that can, can bond together and do all this and and we're in a year of unprecedented interest rates for the last probably five or six years like you you and I Deborah we've seen interest rates go higher than this before and we probably <laughs> yes. will again but uh, for those that are, are new to this um, it, it's quite a shock so the the cost of living is increasing so it is hurting everyone's wallets we, we, we don't uh, shy away from that fact but the we've got to be always thinking there's there's people out there worse than us and and maybe we can we can help
help them a little bit with our own funds. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Deborah, well, uh, it's been a pleasure. I've really enjoyed this chat. I was I was driving to the airport uh, at four o'clock one morning and um, and Triple M had, a, a, I think, a recording of an interview that you guys um, did with them. I don't know if you remember that or not, but it, uh, I, I wrote it down as I was driving, which was probably not that uh, not that wise. And I said, look, I'm going to get in contact with this lady. I want to to uh, her to tell the story, um, so that we can we can help curb this crisis that's going on in Australia at the moment. So um, yeah, hopefully everyone listening out there has, has found it valuable today, and um, and yeah, look forward to chatting again soon. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure being with you and telling the story of Avalon. So thank you. All right, thanks for allowing us into your lives again today, and we will chat soon. We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders past, present and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. Taking your property journey to the next level starts with education. That's why we make this podcast, but we've also created online courses to equip you with the knowledge you need to take the next steps. I've created the Solvair Online Academy, open to both first home buyers and seasoned investors, where I share my tips and experience from 20 years in the property space. And if you're a first home buyer, I have the course just for you. Everything from pre-approval all the way through into your settlement and everything in between. How to place an offer, how to bid at auction, what to even look for at an open home and what questions to ask the agents. It's all covered in my online course. Follow the links in the show notes to sign up and get started today. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement, target market determination, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, and Glenn James are authorized representatives of Money Sherpa Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.